Hello there, amazing business owners. I have a little bit of a confession to make to you about this episode. This episode was recorded in late 2020. Why do I tell you this? Because it's been too long. And quite frankly, I was keeping it to myself because it was pretty vulnerable. But if I'm being completely honest, these are the types of conversations that I want to see more on this podcast. The real conversations, the raw conversations, not just actionable business stuff, but things that we're all going through, things that we're looking at, things that we're thinking about and parenting our kids and taking care of our health and how the hell do we fit all of this into this one glorious, amazing life. So I have been holding back on you. (laughs) I've been holding this episode back. It is a long one. I didn't, I, I was wondering, like, do I even add in this little like disclaimer, this confession at the beginning? But I wanted to let you know that it was recorded in late 2020. I've been holding out on you and I'm sorry. And I want to ask for your forgiveness. There are a few of these episodes like this. Jen Spivax was another one. And I'm going to start releasing them and putting them up like I should have done before. My perfectionism got the best of me. And I am a recovering perfectionist. And I'm going to start working on done is better than perfect. That was my mantra for last year. I have worked on it so hard. And this year, I'm really going to just put it all out there. So this episode is near and dear to my heart. Let's listen in. You're going to hear the other intro that I recorded the day of our recording. And then you'll hear the full episode. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Well, hello there, amazing business owners. Welcome back to another episode of Business Straight Up, the podcast for the creatives that want to actually make a living doing what they love. I am so excited to share today's guest with you. I feel like I always say that, but I am legit excited when I say that. If you've ever met me in person or watched one of my videos and watched me get excited, it's just how I roll. Like life is exciting, right? (laughs) I am truly excited today, though, to bring you this amazing guest. Jen Rosenbaum is a boudoir photographer and speaker and author and has gone through an amazing journey very publicly. And today we've finally got a chance to talk. We have been trying to connect for so long and the timing lined up. And so today we're going to talk about preparing for things and maybe not preparing for things and just letting things happen organically and about how things happen for you and not to you and how you can really step into a place of service when it comes to your clients and believing that what you have to offer actually matters and that it affects people and that your gift is an amazing piece of the world that this world needs. I'm so funny in doing this. Usually I write out my intros And in this one, I didn't because I believe so strongly in everything that we talk about today. We talk about failure and reframing your beliefs around failure and how you actually get to choose your beliefs and how you can get help in your business and your life. How do you help your kids believe in themselves about femininity and not being authentic and genuine? And I just feel like I'm completely just letting everything out right now because I have a full page of notes from this amazing interview. So rather than me just regurgitating this to you, I am going to go ahead and jump into the episode. But before I do, I do want to ask a favor. If you are someone that loves to help other people, can you send this episode over to someone that you know may need it? And then head on over to iTunes, leave a review. We so appreciate that. And I cannot wait for you to hear all of this. So let's jump in. Hey, hey there, awesome people. I am Brooke Summer, and you are listening to Business Straight Up, the podcast for creative entrepreneurs to learn, connect, grow, and build the business and life that they dream of. Welcome. Let's get going and dive right in. Thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of Business Straight Up, the podcast for creative business owners and photographers who want to actually make a living doing what they love (laughs) because the cliche of the starving artist can suck it. It needs to go. (laughs) Today's guest is an amazing boudoir photographer, speaker, and author who has not only built an amazing boudoir empire, 
should I call it empire business, but has taken her message and impact even further after her fight with breast cancer. I am so thrilled to welcome the incomparable Jen Rosenbaum. Thank you, Jen, for being here. Thank you for such a beautiful introduction. I appreciate that. <laughs> Don't you wish you had like trumpets when you walked in a room? Like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I do. It's two kids. And every time I walk in a room, they go, mom, 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 mom. That's, right. That's what or, I hear. <laughs> or mine like bicker, like mom, he did this, mom, she did that. And I'm like, stop. <laughs> yeah. Oh. The struggle is real. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for being here. I feel like this has been a long time coming. The stars didn't align properly. Like we had talked about it and then it just didn't work out. So it took some time, but patience wins again. Right. I need to remember that in yeah. my own head. <laughs> yes. Timing is always meant to be when it's meant to be. It will always happen. Right. That's so true. It's funny when I was preparing for this episode, I was writing out notes and I felt a little voice inside saying, just have a conversation, like let it flow. And it's so funny. You kind of mentioned the same thing. I'm sure we won't run out of things to talk about because that's how it works, right? <laughs> yeah. I have to say, I hate when people send me notes or questions before uh, yes. an interview. I understand that that's some people's process, right? They have mm-hmm. to be prepared and they have to know that they're going to have something to talk about. That is not my process. I am always <laughs> the least prepared person in the room because yes. I feel sometimes that if you over-prepare, you're not allowing room for the things that will organically happen to happen. So Definitely. I'm sometimes when people send me notes for a podcast, I don't even read them. Definitely. <laughs> like, whatever. You know, I know people ask me for notes like a couple of days beforehand. I'm like, I don't have notes for you yet. Sorry. That yeah. happens like 15 minutes beforehand. But <laughs> I've learned that as I get a little older, cause I turned 40 this year. Woohoo. I Yay. listen more and more to that voice. Like those nudges. Yeah. Are you feeling that as you get a little older and you start to hear, like trust yourself, right? Yeah, I do. I'm much more in tune with my inner nudges, as you yeah. like to say, my inner <laughs> nudges. Yeah, because I always say that you have to trust your intuition. It's always right. I really believe that the intuition is a woman's strongest muscle. And yes. we as women, I think are also very good at shutting it down and being like, nope, nope, you don't know what's right for me. I know what's right up, you know, in my brain. I know yes. what's right for me. But as I get older and I have more experiences and I realize I need to trust my gut even more, yeah, I I also have to allow room for it to do its magic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And to allow the time to hear it. Because if we're constantly filling our brains with everything that comes rushing in, which is basically our world now, how can we actually hear what we're supposed to hear and know what we're supposed to know? Yeah. And I think that that is also the art of conversation, isn't it? I mean, if you came to me with a list of, let's say 10 questions you were going to ask me and you're very rigid, I'm not saying you, but like in general, if somebody's very rigid or they're like, okay, this is my preparation. These are the 10 questions I want to know the answers to. Well, it's like your heart and your mind is not really open to maybe Mm -hmm. there's something else you need to be asking, or maybe that those aren't the right questions, or maybe I'm going to say something or somebody else will say something that will trigger a different question. And some people are just so rigid and that's okay. Everybody has a different process, but yeah, I find that expectations ruin any sort of like organic connection like that. Absolutely. And I actually see that my daughter's only five and I see that in her already. And so I am now frantically trying to, it sucks when you see something in your kids that you don't like, and you're like, that's me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm frantically trying our kids. Yeah. To address it. Right. No, that's okay. There's a little delay. Yeah, a little delay. Well, I was just going to say, I just said this to a friend the other day. It's so funny how the things that drive us crazy in our kids are the things that we have. Like, those are our traits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And I want to work on it for myself. Like, I see these things in my daughter that I now need to work on for myself because I don't want her to repeat those things. Things like ignoring that little voice and ignoring those nudges and ignoring the belief that I'm enough exactly as I am right now that you don't have to lose 10 pounds. You don't have to have a different color hair. You don't have to reach a certain point in your life. And I know that's something that so many of us struggle with. Yes. Oh my gosh. So my daughter is 15. I'm like in the thick of that. I'm in the thick of it. And it's so hard. It's so hard to also not put your own insecurities on them. You know, it's like, 
because I find like the generations are different, right? Like Mm -hmm. when I was growing up, I grew up in the whole like Kate Moss era, right? So we all Mm -hmm. like thought we had to be way thin. Like that was it. And that still sticks with me. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like that's still, I will never be way thin. That's not my body type, but I'm still of that mindset of like, you can't get heavy, you can't do it, you know, like for myself, not for other people. I don't don't judge other people. But I hear that inner voice say those things to me. Where my daughter is in the Kim Kardashian generation. Uh, And she'll sometimes come home and say to me, so-and-so is so skinny. It's like weird. And, you know, I have to teach her like, you know, you shouldn't body shame somebody because they're skinny where when we grew where I grew up, it was like we body shamed people if they were heavy, right? Oh, not me, but you know what I'm saying? The society. And I sometimes have to be really careful what I say around her because she has different mindsets than I have also. It's weird. It is. I see that like not just in bodies, but like in money and money blocks. Like what did we grow up? What are the stories that we heard growing up, even though they were completely unintentional, our parents weren't trying to do something wrong. It's just, and I am now super conscious of the things that I say because I don't want to push those on my kids as well. When it comes to things like money or even things like chores or schoolwork, this idea that they have to work crazy, crazy hard to get to where they want to go is so detrimental for us right now. And we just have this like productivity mentality. Yeah. And money's a hard one for me. I'm really struggling with that because I find that my children are like think that there is unlimited sources Mm -hmm. and you want them to think that and at the same time understand the value of a dollar and get the fuck out of my wallet you know right (laughs) sorry I shouldn't shouldn't say that yes but no that's fine and I like listen I spoil my children rotten they have everything that they need in the world but it's like never enough you know and because they're growing up in a day and age of like TikTok and Instagram and there's just more to buy more to consume more to have more to compare yourself to I find it doesn't stop. Like I will often say to them, you guys, like, I I don't want to hear a sentence that starts with, I want, or can you buy me for like another week? Like, please. It's every day. It's every day. And I don't understand because I'm, that's not how I'm raising them. You know, that's like almost how society is raising them. Yeah. So it's really hard. There are times where I need to say to them, we just can't afford that. I'm sorry. I can't afford to buy you a pair of Yeezys every week. It's just not going to (laughs) happen. You know, nor do I want to put that much money in Kanye's wallet, but that's another story. But, you know, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't. And, but they have to know that too. They have to learn limits also. So I'm sure that I am completely messing them up with money, but they think that money's unlimited and maybe that's a good mindset in some ways. I don't know, but I don't know now, like, because she's 15, I'm making her work. You know, now it's like, okay, you have to babysit or you have to get a job or something because I'm sick of buying this stuff for you. You know, it's your stuff. Yeah. Well, and what's the line, right? Between believing in abundance and also being financially responsible. Cause I struggle with that too. Like, yeah, sure. I have the money. Let's buy it. But should I really buy it? Maybe not. <laughs> right. Well, I think that you can have abundance and you know, it's not even for me, my thing with my kids, it's not even an abundance thing. It's like a value thing. It yes. bothers me. It's like they want something until they have it then it's old news. Mm, and it's yeah. like, well, no, if you're going to spend money on something, whether it's a dollar or it's a thousand dollars and it's something you really wanted, then it should mean something to you. Yes. You know, like for me, I've always said this to my children. I have an issue with like, you're leaving your clothes on the floor. It's mm-hmm. disrespectful. Do you know how hard I work to buy those clothes? Those yes. clothes are not just like, oh, whatever. It's a $10 sweatshirt. Yeah. If it's something of yours, you should treasure it and you should take care of it because it's showing money that you respect what it turns into yes. when you actually spend it. And so for me, it's not just a about abundance. It's about like what happens when you actually are living in abundance, whether it's abundance in your bank account or abundance yeah. in your stuff. Are you respecting it? You know, yes. I, I've started to be really careful too about money. Like I make sure that the money is like in a neat place in my wallet. It's all facing the mm-hmm. same direction. It's like, there's a certain respect that you need to show money and the things that you buy with it. I think, yeah. and I live in a house of three slabs, so it's very difficult for me <laughs> to be honest me with you. Mm-hmm. It's true though. If you think about it, like if I gave you something or you bought something, you always treat the thing that you buy with just a little bit more care, right? It's your money. It's just, yeah. Or something's more expensive too. Like if you have two shirts and one of them is a hundred dollars and one of them is $10, which one are you going to take better care of? Right. Probably the hundred dollar one. (laughs) Exactly. So there's a lot to 
learn around money and I, I'm trying, but that's a hard one because I have my own hangups with money and I'm learning a lot about that. I've been really thinking about that a lot lately. Me too. I have been going through, I just finished, do you know, Natalie Kita? I just yes. finished her abundance course and she talks about treating money like your lover, which was yes. funny to me at first, but then you think about it, like, do you take care of what you have? Like just exactly what you were saying. Do you check on your bank account every once in a while or do you just let it sit there and hope for the best? Like those things yeah. that I don't really think about very much and I need to. Yeah, it's so true. You know, I was just working on some of my taxes. Don't judge me, but I didn't do my taxes yet. I just did mine a week ago. Right. (laughs) It's the worst thing in the world. But anyway, you know, they needed some 1099s from some investment accounts I had. And I was like, you know what? It's so bad. Like, I don't even check on these things. I just hope that they're going to do well. And they are doing okay, luckily. But, you know, the pandemic has definitely changed my mindset around money just a bit because I had to really dig deep in this whole like we're gonna be okay we're gonna be fine let's just yeah. put on a happy face let's believe it's all gonna be good because yes. it was scary it was scary it was one of those things like do I believe the whole world is going to hell and we're all gonna die in a fiery pit no but it is scary and we do have to look at are we gonna pay our mortgage what does this look like what right. does even things like groceries look like. I tell my husband all the time, I feel like the pandemic was a magnifying glass for so Mm -hmm. many things. And it's definitely caused some learning to happen over here (laughs) in how do we take care of things? Yeah. You know, I also didn't think we were all going to die in a fiery ball, but worse (laughs) than that was that we were going to live and not have the means to do so. That's scary, especially when you are, you know, my husband and I are both entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and, you know, for me personally, I can only speak for myself personally, but you know, I've been in my business for 12 years, So 12 years I've been an entrepreneur and there's like 12 good years of my life that I put into this business to get it where it is. And in about 60 days, it was ripped away from me. Isn't that a crazy wake up call? It is a crazy wake up call. Oh, Yeah, I agree. It's so funny. I have friends that have been asking for like headshots at discounts. And finally I was like, look, I have literally lost six months of revenue (laughs) this year. That's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. We have things that we need to do and things that we need to take care of. And so here's the price. And it's funny to watch people's responses and, and their expectations. It's definitely a huge wake up call in, man, I love what I do. But I also need to look at other things as well. Yes, I've pivoted. And this is a moment where like, I had to sit down and say to myself, listen, you built this business once, you can do it again. You have skills, you know, because I think as photographers or as creatives, we have, I don't know about you, but I have these panic moments of like, what else can I actually do with my life? I have a degree in psychology, but I don't have a master's. I don't have a PhD. I don't have, you know, like I can't just go into the world. I mean, listen, let's face it. I say this all the time. I'm unemployable because I'm an entrepreneur. I can't work for somebody else. Like I just can't. So what happens in a world where your business gets taken away from you and it's not really the time to start a new business, you know, what do you do? And I had to just keep saying to myself, you're going to be fine and you'll pivot and you'll find something and you'll make it work. You just put one foot in front of the other. I was very adamant about paying all my bills every month. I didn't call my landlord and say, I can't pay the studio rent. I just was like, I'll just keep paying. Yeah. If, it, if I pay it out, it's the same thing, right? The abundance, it'll come back. The circulation, yes. 100%. Luckily, I was in a position to do it. I know not everybody was, but you know, I just kept saying, okay, well, I'll just come up with something. And I did funny how things work out. We talk about timing. I had to have another surgery this year. I had to have another reconstruction and I hired a new plastic surgeon and, uh, I hired, I make it sound like it's like a job. I hired a new It is a job. And I, I, they work for it you. Is kind of a job. <laughs> yeah, he did work for me. So anyway, he's an amazing, amazing, amazing doctor. And, you know, so much of what I do is with breast cancer and so much of what he does is with breast cancer. And I just said to him, you know, how come not everybody in my area knows about you? Like, that's a shame because, because people are getting botched reconstructions over and over and over. Everybody needs to know about you. So I convinced him to hire me to do his social media and Part of that involves taking pictures of people and things and whatever. So I'm using my camera. I'm spreading the word for the breast cancer world, which is part of my mission. It doesn't feel off brand at all. Yeah. And you know what? It's helped me. It's opened my eyes. Okay. It's not boudoir. I'm a boudoir photographer. It's not boudoir, but I don't even care. Is it about helping women? Because that's what I do, you know? Yep. Yep. So it came to me. 
you know, and I was like, okay, maybe there's something here. Maybe this will be the best thing that's ever happened to my career. Maybe it's just temporary. I don't know, but I'm just going to put one foot in front of the other. And if someone's ready to pay me for something that I believe in, I'm good with that. You know, you have to sort of shelve your ego, right? And say like, okay, I can't just make a living right now as just a boudoir photographer because nobody, my studio wasn't even open. Yep. And we, especially as business owners, those marketing skills are crazy valuable. And we, a lot of times forget that and forget that, hey, maybe these can be used elsewhere. I see other businesses like around me too, especially like restaurants. No one even knows they're there. I know that you live in New York, but we live in like suburb suburbia, which I almost said suburb hell. And I'm trying not to say that, but it is suburb hell in restaurant land because it's all chains. It's like Chili's and Olive Garden and stuff. And so when you have those rare little restaurants, no one knows that they exist. And I was thinking the same thing. Like how do you pivot and use your skills in a different way to maybe help other businesses that need help right now? Because they're being creative too. They're trying to figure it out too. Yeah. And you know, one of the things I would tell photographers a lot in the beginning of the pandemic, and it's still true, is like, now is not the time to disappear from social media. Now's the time to double it down because, you know, a lot of people just kind of were like, you know, this is too much for me to handle or the kids are home. I mean, we all had those feelings. I had those feelings too, but I was like, I will post every day. And I didn't have new material to post. So I went out, I took my camera, I started taking pictures of bugs and flowers and lights and whatever it was I could find that was interesting. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll share this. If my audience is my audience, they're going to want to hear what I have to say and yep. show anyway. Yes. And it definitely helped. You know, like when people come to me in their photography business and they say, I'm really slow. I don't know what to do. I'm trying to market and I'm trying to reach out and I'll say, well, are you shooting at all? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, I'm like, okay, well you have to, you have to be shooting it. The energy attracts the energy. Yep. Just keep shooting. Even if it's for free or if it's for whatever, just keep the energy going yes. and it will start attracting more shoots. That even that is part of it. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to use this as an excuse to put my camera down and not do anything for six months. In fact, I I stuck that camera to my side. I took it everywhere I went, which was not many places. But (laughs) if I just went on a walk in the neighborhood or whatever, I was like, I'll take my camera. I would take pictures of the neighborhood kids, send them to the parents. You know, it's just like a way for them to remember, oh, right, Jen takes pictures, Jen's doing her thing. It's a good creative outlet, things like that. So it's, it's definitely taught me a lot. Yes. Well, and creators, like when we're not creating, we feel stagnant. Like it just feels blah. And so we have to keep creating whatever that looks like, whether it's artists or photos or whatever that looks like. I absolutely agree that every time I'm not creating, I find that I'm more irritable. I get Uh upset very easily. (laughs) I am like, leave me alone and just freaking out. Whereas even if I just go into my office and do a quick painting or I will call one of my past clients and be like, who wants to get naked in a waterfall this weekend? I don't know. Let's just go do it. And you yeah, figure it yeah. out. Make it work. That momentum matters. Yes. hundred percent. It's so important. So I want to talk to you about business a little bit. You were running an amazing boudoir business. You were also helping and educating other photographers or creative live and other things. And you got some news that I would imagine completely rattled you. We talked a little bit about it. What did that time in your life look like? Like, how did you make it so that you could step back from your business? What had you been paying attention to in your business so that you could step back and fully focus on healing? When I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's so funny about this whole COVID thing. I feel like I'm sort of an expert at all this. Like when COVID <laughs> hit, I was like, I got this. I've Plans been doing this for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was like, I don't got this. So I was diagnosed in July, 2017, during a very busy time of my life in work and whatnot. You know, it's interesting because right before I was diagnosed, I remember multiple days laying in bed at night and asking the universe for guidance on how I could reach more women. I would say something like, just how can I reach more women? How can I help more women? How can I get my message out there? You know, what I'm doing, I have a reach and I have an audience, but how do I go beyond what I'm doing? How do you scale it? Yeah. How do I scale it? Show me the way, show me who needs the help and how I can help and, and all of that. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about fame. It wasn't about work. It was about, you know, how do I take my skills and my message to the masses? How do I do that? 
And I was diagnosed with breast cancer very shortly after that. And I wow. was kind of like, I had a moment of like, okay, this is so not what I meant. Right. <laughs> but I think being a spiritual person and, and sort of being one with the universe, you have to realize that things don't always show up in the package that you think it should. So I knew from day one that this was happening for me and not to me and that there was a reason for it. Yes. Yeah. And I remember calling my mom telling her, and this was after the diagnosis, I said, listen, I just want you to know that I am going to tell everybody that I know that needs to know personally, and then I'm going to go public with it. And when I say public, I mean very public. Like there'll be pictures, there'll be stories, there'll be videos, there'll be a book probably, there'll be whatever yeah, it's going to be. all the things. This, this is my purpose. Yeah. And she was like, okay, you know, I support you in that. So I went public very early on and I have to say for me, it's just not true for everybody, I think, but for me, going public actually really helped me in mm -hmm. my career because I think it helped people understand that if I wasn't showing up, it wasn't about them. Yeah. And I was going to show up again. Like, just put me on pause. Don't put me on hold, you know, yeah. like, but don't put, don't put the stop button on me. So I remember like calling some of my sponsors and just saying to them, like, I understand, I can't make it to this event. I can't make it to that event. And I understand if you want somebody else to do it, but please know that I love you and I want to work with you. And I hope you don't give up on me. Yeah. And they were like, what are you talking about? They doubled down on me, you know, uh, like they were yeah. like, no, we love you. I remember Nikon saying to me, we don't even care if you never pick up a camera again. You're one of ours, you know, like yeah. you're family here. And yeah. so it was very helpful. I know a lot of women book sessions with me and they told me flat out, like I booked a session with you because I'd been considering it for a long time and I could tell that you needed it. You know, you needed the the work, you needed the space in your head to do it. So a lot of people booked me. And honestly, I was pretty busy during the time. I mean, I was shooting on alternate weeks. I had chemo one week, I would shoot the next week. Oh my God. Yeah. Like I was really, it was crazy, but it's a very important mindset. If you can physically do the things to do them, yeah. I would never, ever tell anybody to push yourself physically in a bad way. There were plenty of weeks I laid down and did nothing. You know, I mean, it was like, I didn't look at an email. I, you know, I would send somebody a message like, don't even, I'm not even answering you for a week. I'll be back, you know, like, yeah. and protecting that space. But it was also important for me to be around positivity and, and be yeah. creative and do all the things. So I, I did work through my breast cancer. It was hard. I had to cancel a lot of things that I didn't want to cancel and trips that I wanted to go on that I couldn't go on. And I remember Nikon asked me to speak at CES. It was the first time I was speaking for them on a big stage like that. And I wouldn't say no. And it was nine days after I was done with chemo. And I got oh. on a plane and I went to Vegas. <laughs> I was like, no problem. I'm gonna oh my there. gosh. It really helps the, the fighter mindset in a mm -hmm. way where cancer can take a lot of things for me, right? It took my breasts. It took my security away from me. Yeah. It took a lot of things for yeah. me. But I was like, I'll be damned if you're going to take my business. I'll yeah. be damned if you're going to take my smile. You know, like there are certain things you have control over. And as much as I could control them, I did. Yes. It's been a long yeah. three years. Like there's not many people know this, but right after I was diagnosed and I healed and I was starting to get back into my life, my dad was diagnosed with cancer and he was very sick. So I was dealing with him for a bunch of, of months in 2019. So last year, so 2018, I had finished my treatment in 2017, 2018. I was like, this is going to be the year. This is my year. The year was a waste. I mean, I, it takes a good year to recover from cancer treatment. It's like, yeah. nobody really tells you that, but I'm going to be honest. If you had chemo, give yourself a good year to get yeah. yourself somewhat back to normal because what happens is when you're done with treatment like the tidal wave of what you just went through kind of hits you so uh, 2018 yeah. was a tough year for me 2019 I was like I'm good this is my year January 2nd my dad got diagnosed with cancer I was no. like what the hell? no okay so we made it through 2019 2020 is gonna be our year I don't have to tell you how that went so yeah uh, you know it's it's been a long few years but I'm still standing I'm surviving yeah doing my thing yeah does it look like how I want it to look? No, I think if I was not sick and I didn't have all these challenges, I'd be in a much further position. But who knows? Maybe COVID would have wiped all that out too. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, and there's something I think to be said for showing up authentically. I feel like that's a buzzword now that's used way too much. But when you show up authentically, even in your shortcomings, whether they're intentional or something you can't control, like I've been following up on podcast guest stuff that is like over a year old. And I have just been completely frank with people and said, look, I have been in a place where I haven't been able to do this and it's not intentional. And if you never want to talk to me again, 
I understand. So many people have emailed me back and said, we are going through the same thing and we thought we were alone. So thank you so much for saying something, just being authentic and being real and not everyone has responded and that's okay too. Yeah. I mean, your vibe attracts your tribe, right? Yes. Yes. The people that don't respond are not your tribe and that's okay. Yeah. I was afraid when I got cancer that people wouldn't want to be around me, that people would be like, not book me, not want to show up when they, you know, they would have pity. Oh, I I would always be like, please don't pity me. Like I can't deal with that. But it did change my circle of people, but all for the better. Yes, absolutely. I asked you for advice for a new businesswoman kind of related to all of this. And you said to believe in yourself. And I completely agree with this, but I know that I really had to fight and go through some shit to learn that and embrace it. (laughs) So where did you learn that? Was it like through that whole process in the past few years or were you like that before that? And it kind of helped you. Where did you learn that? How can I teach my daughter this at five instead of at 38? (laughs) I'll tell you exactly how you could teach her at five. Because when I was seven, my parents started a business out of my basement Mm -hmm. and they are still running that business to this day. So I don't want to tell you how old I am. Let me think for a second. I'm joking because I tell everybody, I right, exactly. 20 years ago, my parents started a business. Uh, No, my my, my parents, almost 40 years old. It's 38 years old and they're still running the business to this day and it's still successful to this day. And I have seen my parents go through a lot of ups and downs. I've seen them go through recessions. I've seen them go through, you know, their manufacturers and distributors. So I've seen them go through manufacturer issues. I've seen them go through elections that affect tariffs and I've seen them go through, you know, a change in customer base and, and problems yeah. with people and personnel in the office. I mean, I've seen it all. And the one thing that I really learned from them was that there's no such thing as failure. You just keep changing to go with the times, you know, because, you know, my parents, for example, for years, they only sold to distributors, right? And they wouldn't sell to an end user. Now they're selling to end users. You know why? Because it's Amazon world, you know, and this is how people have to make their money. And they had to change the structure of their business, but they didn't stop and go, well, all the years that we did it the other way was a failure. No, it just worked at that time. When it stopped working, they changed it. We as business owners, I think often see something not working and then go, oh, I'm a failure. And like, you get that in your head. It's like, if you could just change your mindset of like, no, it's not a failure. It's just not working anymore. You know, so many times when people come to me and they say, I need to change my pricing. Okay. Why do you need to change your pricing? Well, people are telling me it's too expensive. All of a sudden I'm getting a lot of people telling me it's too expensive. Okay. Don't change your price. Change how you charge. Yes two totally different things. Just change something. And oftentimes they'll come back to me and say, wow, that really worked. That's really kind of insane, you know? Yes. Um, and, but it's just, I've always learned that there's no failure. It's just the only failure is not changing with the times is not taking the risk. And I learned it by watching my mom. So Brooke, if she's home and she's watching you do all of these things, she is also learning it. It will take time for her to understand, you know, don't, yeah, don't, did I make you cry? But <laughs> But she will understand. Yeah. You know what? This is a way where I can tell you that we lead by example. And, you know, I think that just those little moments of like saying to your kid, it's not a failure or saying, you know what? I did this. It doesn't work anymore. Now I'm going to try something new. You know, it's that subtle little difference of language. When I started my boudoir business, everybody told me I couldn't do it. Everybody said to me, you can't start a business out of your bedroom only shooting boudoir. Nobody's going to come. Nobody's going to listen to you. And I was like, the more you guys say no, the more challenge it is for me to do it. (laughs) And I did it, but you know why I did it? Because I didn't know that I couldn't, Yeah. you know, I think that this is one of the areas where I think now, like during COVID, these are the times that make or break you right? That you say, okay, I can curl up in a ball and I can hit the couch and I can ride out the wave of the pandemic and just, you know, hide and the bomb will go off and I'll come outside in six months (laughs) or a year and see if anything's still there. Or you can say, you know what? I'm not going to let it. I'm not going to curl up on the couch. You know, I believe in myself and I know that if I did this, I could do something else too. I can believe in myself. I'm not saying I don't have days where I don't struggle. Yeah. Everybody has days that they struggle. Yeah. Just don't get sucked into that black hole, you know? Yes. I always tell my son, it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be angry. Set a timer for 15 minutes, scream, punch a pillow, yell, cry, be upset, whatever. And when the timer goes off, pick yourself up and figure out what you can do to move forward. Because 
feel the feels. It's important to feel the feels, right? And to go through it, but it's also important not to let them stop you from what you want to do, from what you want to learn, from where you want to go. Sometimes I think also if you're stuck in like this mindset of like, oh, you can't do it. You're not worth it. You're not talented enough. You're not this. You're not that. Ask a friend of yours to talk to you instead or talk to yourself like you would talk to somebody else. Maybe you have to depersonalize it a little. You know, when I was working at my pricing for the doctor for the social media stuff, I don't know how to price that. In fact, everybody in the area is doing it for $500, (laughs) $1,000. And I was like, 500 bucks, dude, if I'm going to do this, it needs to have more zeros than that. And yeah you know, this is not, no. And I was talking to a friend of mine who I was running the pricing past her. She's not even in business, but I was just like, what do you think of this? And she was like, no, it's not enough money. You're worth more than that. And I was like, okay. So we all need those friends. hundred (laughs) percent. I was like, wow, you're amazing. So I changed my pricing. I sent him the proposal and I had a big fear of like, if he turns down this proposal, then he'll prove to me I'm not worth this much money. Right. Instead he came back and he was like, I'll take your middle package, which is, as you know, as a photographer, right what we want, right? Exactly. Yeah. Not even a hesitation. And now, you know what? I'm worth that much money. He proved it. So now I can't ever charge less than that because he has set the bar for me. Yes. Well, and how often do we say things to ourselves like, I'm not worth this much? I'm not, that we would never say to our kids or to like this new baby that has just come into the world. Sorry, you're not worth that. Like, it just doesn't work that way. Right? Horrible thing to say. Why would we say that to ourselves? It's horrible. I have a good friend. We share a lot of like this back and forth, like stress about work and all of that. And Mm -hmm. we beat ourselves up to each other all the time. It's like, that's like my friend that I'm always like, oh, I screwed up or I did that. And he'll always say to me, can you stop talking about my friend like that? Right. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I think that forgetting our own value and our own inherent worth just because we're human is something that we do far too often. Yeah. And we, we put it on other people like, well, someone didn't do this for me. Clearly I'm not worth it. Someone didn't do this for me. Clearly I'm not worth it. Someone didn't like my pricing here. Clearly I'm not worth it. And it has nothing to do with that. Usually when someone brings you down, it's more about them than it is about you. Always. It always is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I learned a lot. I'm learning a lot about this in the pandemic, a lot. I've learned a lot of it over business in the many years, but especially just now, just, you know, understanding that, you know, I also had this moment of like, if he doesn't hire me, am I going to feel bad? You know? And then I was like, no, you know what? Because my time is worth that much money. And I don't want to do it if I'm not making that money. I can make my money somewhere else doing something else for that much, you know? And really being your own biggest fan, like in so Mm -hmm. many ways, that has changed a lot for me. I want to say even in the past two months, big time, like not worrying about having to impress anybody else or do anything for anybody else. And just like, doing what I feel and loving it and feeling good about it and being my own fan. Yeah. I have seen that more and more like with my 39th birthday and now 40, like I feel like I'm stepping into that more and I want so much for my younger students and my kids. I want them to know that earlier. So I feel like I hammer that way too much, but it's so important to me because I know how much more freedom that has given me in my own life. Yeah, I think it's something that, because I also felt a change around 40. Mm -hmm. I think that there needs to be a balance between knowing that they're going to have to, it's their process and they'll come to it when they come to it, but also just saying the same thing over and over and over and over. And one day they're going to go, oh, I get it now. Yes. I've always told my clients, especially my older clients, some of my most favorite clients are over 40 because you get to a point where you're like, I'm going to blow my own damn mind. And if you don't like it, cool, but you can go over there because I'm doing my thing over here. And I love that vibe. I love that attitude. Yeah. I started to, you know, when I turned 40, I started questioning everything I believe to know is the truth, right? Religion, marriage, parenting, work, being a woman, everything. And then I was diagnosed with cancer. I was almost 42. Mm -hmm. And then going through that process also made me go through it again. Like, yeah wait, is this really what I want? And then the pandemic hit and that even made me question it further. I mean, it's pretty amazing how deep you can go into what you were raised with and what your beliefs are. And are they actually what you want your belief, how you want it to manifest in your life? It's crazy work. It's hard to do because you're like, you know, like, I don't, obviously I don't like to talk about religion 
it's a thing. But let me just tell you in my own situation, I believe I'm very spiritual and I do believe I'm religious, but I don't believe in organized religion in mm -hmm. for me. Okay. Not for anybody else, but for me, I don't understand why it costs me $5,000 a year to be a part of a temple, you know, like that, is this a business or is this a, you know, spiritual place? So I started questioning, is this really what I want? Was this how I want my family to learn my religion? Is this yeah. the religion come from here? Does it come from the home? Now it's so funny because we're in a position where a lot of us can't even go to worshiping places mm -hmm. and yet we're still religious, right? So, yes. and again, I'm not trying to get into something controversial, but trying to show how the mindset yeah. can work, you know, where you're like, well, yes. let me really question all of this. Is this, is this really what I believe? And the fact that you can choose those beliefs. Like we don't think of that when we're younger, that we do have the option to choose those beliefs. Yes. We don't know because it's ingrained in us so mm -hmm. blatantly and subconsciously at the same time. It's so, you know, just the little comments people make, even now, even little things now, you know, I have a lot of beliefs. A lot of things that I do every day where I'm like, I don't even believe in this anymore. I don't even know why I'm doing it, you know? Right, like, yes. Maybe I need to change this right now. I think that marriage is one of them. I think that marriage mm -hmm. is going to change over the years for our children's generation. I think this whole, you need to get married and then have babies and then da, da, da. And I think it should change. I think yes. that for women, I know myself to spend my 20s looking for a husband. That's like what I did. It, I well, mean, that was, was normal. Like, because yeah. that's how we were raised. That's what we were yes. taught. You have to go marry a nice Jewish boy and go. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love my life. I love my child. You know, but there are moments where I look at it. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. How, how did I get here? I was just how participating in a conversation that said, "What do you see in marriage that is considered normal that you don't think should be normal?" And this conversation oh, was fast. Say that again. What do you um, see in marriage as normal that you don't think should be normal? Yes. So for instance, sleeping in, this, like sleeping in the same bed. Brooke, oh my God, look, I just crashed my phone. I see it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Or I deal with it and I have to sleep with a boy all the time. Ugh. They smell bad. I, <laughs> this conversation is so funny. Yes. Or even cohabitating. Like someone in the comments said, we're engaged, we're going to get married, and we might keep both houses because we're happy. <laughs> How crazy is that? Like, to think of all of these things. You, I cool. say this all the time. <laughs> I say this all the time. I saw a news story. I must have been, like, maybe early 20s, late teens, and I will never forget. It was, like, on the news, like, a Dateline thing or something about this couple who live across the street from each other, and at the time, it was, like, What? It's why did it stick with me? Why did it stick with me? It stuck with me because I think it's fucking genius. Sorry. Yes. Are you not a cursing? I'm fine. I love to swear. Okay. You're good. <laughs> it's a genius concept. It's yes. genius. Yes. Because why all of a sudden do we get married and all of a sudden we're not our own people anymore? Like yeah. we just give up everything. I have to share my bed and my shower and my bathroom and my children and my family and my <laughs> house and my decorating with yes. you. Like, why? No, yes. maybe I just want my own little space, my own yes. place to be me. And the concept know? that our spouse has to be everything. They're our confidant. They're our best friend. They're our companion that we do every activity with. They're, yeah, we have so many of these norms and these beliefs that we hold on to. For what? Does it serve us anymore? Yeah. In a lot of cases, right. no. Or that Right. Or even worse as women that we have to be everything that we have to give up our careers to be moms, yes. which I did, by the way, I did mm -hmm. in yep. a lot of ways. And it's problematic for me because now yes. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should have done that, you know, or, yes. and listen, I just read Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Have you read that book yet? Twice. Love it. Okay. Oh my gosh. Right. The whole concept of us having to martyr ourselves mm -hmm. is I have to tell you something. I was walking by myself. And I had my earbuds in and I'm listening to the book and she started talking about it and I started bawling. Yes. And it was like, it was like an instinctual cry. It was like, as if somebody punched me in the face yes. and I cried because it hurt. I was like, holy shit. That's me. Yes. I have been bartering myself for so long. Yes. So I immediately was like, all right. I'm sorry, this is going to fuck everybody's life up right now, but I mm -hmm. am going to stop doing everything that I don't want to do anymore. Yep. And it's definitely uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable. Yes. It's uncomfortable when people don't get it. It's uncomfortable when they're part of it. But that's a lot of what I've been doing the last two months, sort of unraveling a lot of that mm -hmm. martyrdom. 
Yes. And it's crazy. Isn't that crazy? I first heard about that with Shonda Rhimes. She did an interview with Oprah, you know, two amazing women. And she said, why do we only celebrate mothers for their sacrifices and what they gave up? Why don't we celebrate moms and say, mom, thanks for showing me how to be an amazing business owner and CEO. Mom, thanks for showing me this. Why do we always say mom gave up her dreams for us? Fuck that. No. Yeah. And those are all the cards for Mother's Day, right? But you don't see that for Father's Day. Nope. Hmm. Nope. Yes. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, today my daughter had a doctor's appointment. The Mm -hmm. doctor was female and the nurse was male. And it just like tickled me. She's like, I'm going to go get my nurse, my nurse, Matt, blah, blah, blah. And I had this moment of like, wouldn't it be crazy if the whole world was like this? Yes. <laughs> like the other way around, right? And men yes. were like, oh, we need to fight the matriarchy. And we need, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? That would be crazy. It would be crazy. Listen, it's not right either. It shouldn't be all one way or all no. another way. But it, it was just a moment of like, wow, this is like, wow. You know, yes. this is so cool. But yeah, that martyrdom is a pandemic in itself. Mm-hmm. And ongoing, um, generational. You know, ongoing. And it's mm-hmm. stuff that I talked about in the past and never really understood it in my own life. Yeah. And then when I really started understanding it in the past few months, I was like, whoa, there's yes. a lot of change that happened here. Yes. Well, and it's in the little things too. Like I find myself even in conversations with my daughter, she's working on building a spaceship for school right now. And we talk about the astronaut. Well, what would he think? What would, because, and she goes, well, maybe his wife is at home. And I was like, oh, hell no, 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 no. So we had to switch that around a lot because we do have this idea that's just ingrained in us constantly that women are the ones who give up everything in order to make other people happy. That's right. Right. And you know, I look back and I think about when I had my daughter and I quit Mm -hmm. my job and I was a stay at home mom and I loved it. Listen, and I still consider myself a stay at home mom because it's, you know, forget right now because the kids are home or at school, whatever. I don't know what the hell they're doing every day, but (laughs) when the kids are in school full time, if that ever happens again, hopefully. I'm home at three o'clock. I get them to school and I'm home at three o'clock. So mm-hmm. according to them, I probably don't even work. You know, it's yeah. like they don't even know what I do all day long. In fact, now, mm-hmm. like there's times where they're like, I need you. I need you. I'm like, I can't right now. Like, yes. Why? You tend to my need all the time. And I'm like, I'm actually mm-hmm. working. Right. <laughs> this is what I do when you're at school. Yes. But anyway, the point is that <laughs> hopefully I can remember the point. When they were in school every day, I still consider myself a stay-at-home mom. And so, you know, I still do the food shopping. I pay the bills. I do the carpool. I do all the things. So I fit a full-time job into part-time hours, right? But I did give up my career, right? Like really like trajectory that I was on, I gave up the career. Correct. And believe me, if I said to my kids, I'm going to work every day from nine to five, leave me alone Mm -hmm. or nine to seven. How many hours do people work these days? More than nine to five. Yes. I would be much further along in my career than I actually am, right? Mm -hmm. The point is that there are times where I regret giving up my Mm -hmm. career and the trajectory and the financial independence and all of that. And there are times where I'm like, I thought I was with my kids. Yes. And so the question is, I don't know, how do you have it all? I don't know that. You know, I don't know how you can have the career like that. So I don't know, just because I haven't figured it out for myself yet, you know, but I also wonder how many dads out there do say to themselves, I wish I had more time with my kids. I wish I wasn't at work as much, you know, and we don't really talk about that because God forbid, you know, (laughs) I think that most women that have it all have a lot of help. And that's what, yeah. like, I don't know if you've ever read Rachel Hollis's books, but that is one thing that she talks about is I get help and there's no shame in that whatsoever. Like I started hiring house cleaners a few years ago. Yeah. It is life changing to get oh, yeah. just in that one area. And so many people, we think we have to do it ourselves, especially if you're stay at home. You're like, I should be able to handle this. Why? Why? Why do you think? No, I'm going to tell you a little secret. I haven't done a load of laundry in, I can't tell you how many years. You know why? Every time I do it, the whole time I sit there, I'm folding it and I'm bitching. This is such a waste of my time. I'm putting it away and I'm like, this is such a waste of my time. Yes. It never ends. It never fucking ends. And honestly, if you start breaking down, like how much money you want to make an hour and how many hours you spend on laundry alone, go have somebody do it for you. 
Well, I know and, that sounds really bratty, by the way. I don't mean mm-hmm. it like that, but no. what I mean is like, it sounds you know, powerful. I, I don't have an issue outsourcing my taxes. I'm not going to sit and do my taxes. I'm going to have my accountant do it. You right? know, there's a lot of things I outsource in my life and I'm okay Are you going to change your own oil? No. <laughs> Why do we have this idea that there's certain things that we have to do and certain things that we don't? It's another one of those beliefs yeah. that you get to 40 and you're like, wait a second. Right. No, laundry is stupid. If listen, if I was rich, <laughs> if I was like Kim Kardashian rich, I would like probably just throw my clothes away. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm like, you shouldn't have to wash and rewear them ever. It's terrible. Right. <laughs> I have so we all have like goals and things, and my goals. A lot of people have like revenue goals, business goals, you know, stuff like that. My goals are a little different. One of my big goals is to have a part-time housekeeper four hours a day, five days a week that will take care of all the stuff I don't want to do around the house, including things like oil changes, taking my car in. I want Alice from the Brady Bunch. (laughs) And my husband goes, well, do we really need that? Is that really necessary? And I said, yes, yes, it is. It is absolutely necessary. (laughs) You know what? I'll tell you why it's necessary because, okay, can we all live without it? Yes. If you can live with it, should you? Yes. Because that's actually, it helps your sanity and it actually Mm -hmm. creates more time for you and your children, more quality time. Yes. There are so many hours that I'm like, I can't talk to you now. I have to do this. I can't, I can't talk Mm -hmm. to you now. I have to, you know, make dinner. I have to, whatever. In any given moment, if somebody else can do it for me and Mm -hmm. it's good, I'm taking that opportunity, you know, then this way I can, I don't take the extra time and, you know, eat bonbons on the couch. Like I'll spend it with my kids or I'll get work (laughs) done or I'll go to the gym or whatever, or eat bonbons on the couch. Like if that's what you need to do, do you it. Do you. Yep. And God, not only the time, but the emotional energy, like how much yeah. energy do we spend going? Oh, I really need to do that. Oh my gosh. The laundry's piling up. Oh my gosh. The dog peed on the floor and someone let it set. Cause I didn't see it. Like how much energy do we spend on those things when we could be spending them either impacting the lives of our clients or working with our kids one-on-one or going to the gym? Right. Well, you know what? Just sitting around doing nothing because you damn well want to. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I agree. And you know, I, listen, I live in a very nice affluent neighborhood. There are a lot of women here that are stay-at-home moms that have full-time nannies and I hear it all the time. Oh, life must be so hard. You know what? If that's what they want to do, more power to them. I mean. Yes. Right. And how often does do little comments like that go back to the money stuff that we talked about before of like, right. oh, these people have the money to do that. They don't have a right to complain. They don't have any problems. You know, why are they complaining? Why do they have any hardships whatsoever? And we get that in our heads that rich people are bad. And right. when you have money, you are clearly not a good human. And it all kind of is this big circle <laughs> of martyrdom yeah. and sacrifice and bullshit. Yep. Ugh. Yep. Could not or even like, um, you know, my job is the side hustle or I'm just the extra money or no. I'm all- right. So oh, the word side hustle really bothers me. I hate that phrase. Same with boss, babe. Yeah. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Lady boss. No, actually, Lady boss. Yeah. Here, I'll send you one of these. Cause I send them to all my podcast people. They're my favorite mugs, but it actually says girl boss, the lady boss, boss. I love it. the boss, because you know what? There is no need for a female qualifier because we're the boss period. End of story. Right. You know, it's so funny too, that like there's that whole fight because I think if you went into most houses, who mm-hmm. runs the house? Who's the boss of the house? Most yes. of the time, it's yes. us. I mean, listen, if my husband called me right now, it's like, I can't find the mustard. I'd be like, it's on the second shelf down <laughs> on the right-hand side behind yes. the grave. You know yes. what I mean? Like, yes. we got it all. We know everything. Everything right? that's going on. The opera- right? We are the operations manager of yes. many people's lives. Yes. And how many times are we as women perpetuating this shit? You don't hear right. guys call someone a lady boss. Hey, man, boss. <laughs> they might say like boss lady, <laughs> but you never yeah, hear right. a guy go, she's a boss, babe. No, no, no guy says that. It's God. all girls. Somebody said that to me. I'd be so offended. A boss, babe. I know. I'd be like, <laughs> you know, yes. there's that thing now too. Like I heard this recently where, okay, this is a little bit of a change of topic, but <laughs> not even my podcast, but I'm changing the topic. That's okay. Right. So we'll do it. I heard somebody say the other day that 
girls now, younger girls or younger women mm -hmm. don't want to be told that they're beautiful or that they're sexy because it's not a compliment. <laughs> like you need to think of a different compliment like you're smart or you're or whatever but like women get offended now some women when they're told they're sexy and I'm like okay see I draw the line at that because I'm fucking 45 years old if you want to tell me I'm sexy you can tell me I'm sexy, I'll take okay? it <laughs> how about we just combine the two how about ooh, sexy and brains that's awesome like right. But, but listen, it's con I want to say, I do think it's confusing for women and men right now. I do yes. think that we are sending mixed signals, what we like yes. and what we don't like, and when it's appropriate and when it's not. Yes. And I have to say, I don't always blame men for floundering and not oh, understanding. It's scary. Because I don't yeah. always understand it. Mm -hmm. And that there is really no hard and fast rule that you really need to kind of yes. feel somebody out and understand the people individually. Yes. You know? We just had this discussion with my son who's 16 um, because a woman that I know that works in HR had to fire someone for calling a woman a Karen at work. Oh my God. So this guy got fired because it was seen yeah. as sexist. And so we had to have this talk with my son who wants to be a pilot and 5% of commercial pilots are female. And I'm like, dude, you have to treat that 5% like gold because yeah. you don't want to get fired over something like that. That's dumb. Yeah, I had a conversation with my son who just went into sixth grade oh. and the conversation involves consent because I'm starting to see oh. that his friends have girlfriends yes. and I said to him, you know, I want you to understand what consent is and that you need to ask every girl, even if you just want to kiss her or Always. anything or hold her hand, you need yes. to ask her if it's okay with her. And I tried to explain to him that actually it's very romantic when a man asks first how, you yes. know, women don't look down on that. They don't look at you as a weak person. They look at you actually as very romantic. Yes. It's actually very attractive. It's a very attractive yes. quality. Like I'm trying to spin it as like, yes. this is the most amazing thing you could do, which it is by the yes. way. I mean, you know, obviously we're married. We've been out of the game for a while, but imagine like a man said to you, like, is it okay if I kiss you? Like, that's so romantic. It's Hell like, yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. I was like, you know, but it's crazy to me to think in sixth grade, I'm having these conversations about consent, but yes. you know what? You have you know, to. Well, and one day when he's in college and they've been drinking too much and he's in a situation, your voice will come back to him and he'll ask, and a girl who has yeah. been drinking too much will think about it and go, actually, no, I'm going to stop. And he will thank you. Yeah. Even if it's like yeah. telepathically, like, thanks, mom. He will yeah. thank you because that is so yeah. important for him to know. And, you know, I thought about this because I really had a moment of like, is this a conversation for him and his dad? And I was like, you know what? No, this is a conversation for me and him because yeah. he needs to hear it also from a woman. I mean, they could have the conversation too, but he needs to hear it from a woman's point of yes. view that this is what women want. You know, yes. this is not just polite. This is not just the law. This is actually how women want to be treated, you know? Yes. Well, and my son and I have had the porn talk a lot too of this is not real. And you need to understand that what you see in any of this 99.9% yeah. .9 of the time is total bullshit. Do not take yeah. pointers from this. <laughs> like do right. not consider this learning material <laughs> because no. it's false. It messes up your brain and your relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. And listen, as photographers, we know that more than anything, right? Like I oh say my to my gosh. kids on a daily basis, just because you saw it on TikTok doesn't mean it's true. My friends, you know, right? like even my father, by the way, who like showed me this amazing TikTok recently. And I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome, dad. But none of that is real. And he's like, yeah. you don't think so? And I'm like, no, dad, it's like completely no. manufactured video. And he's like, oh, it didn't even occur to me. Yes. You know, like it just looks so real that I believed it. And I was like, yeah, yeah. this is the problem with our children these days. They believe yes. everything that they see. Yes. And it's really hard to constantly. And then my son's like, this doesn't have to be a teachable moment, mom. And I'm like, you know what? Every Everything's is a teachable moment. Always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always tell my kids, it's my job to raise a human. That's, that's, that's right. My job to put a human out in the world. That's my, my job is that's not right. to like me. My job is to make you a member of society. That's right. I tell my son it's probably inappropriate, but I always say I refuse to raise little assholes. So if I have to be mean to you to get you to be a kind member and a contributing member of society, then so be it. <laughs> Correct. I am with you hundred <laughs> percent. Oh my gosh. I, my notes are all over the place and crazy. Thank you so much for being here today. I am so honored to have you. 
Where can anyone listening learn more about what you do, what you offer, who you are, your journey, all the things, where can they get in touch with you? Yeah, thank you. JenRosenbaum.com is the best place to find everything. It's R-O-Z-E-N, by the way, in case anyone doesn't know how to spell <laughs> Rosenbaum, it's R-O-Z-E-N, not S. So JenRosenbaum.com will take you to my photography stuff. It will take you to my podcast, Shamelessly Feminine. It will take you to my breast cancer stuff. I just wrote a book. So that is on Amazon. So exciting. And it's called What the Fuck Just Happened? A Survivor's Guide to Life After Breast Cancer. That's um, amazing. I feel like that would be also applicable for 2020, even if it's not breast cancer. Yes. It is actually, it's very funny because it's actually a book that could be really read about any trauma in life yes. and COVID is no different, but it's just from a breast cancer point of view. So yes. you can check that out, but that's all linked at jenrosenbaum.com. And then the other really great place to find me would be Instagram at jenrosenbaum. That's really where I share my daily thoughts and photos and journeys of my clients and uh, silly reels and whatever else. <laughs> it's sort of my own personal journal online. That's yes. how I look at it. Yes. I love your little dancey videos. Thank you. They're getting quite a lot of feedback. So somebody, so I, you know, I did a video the other day about Mm -hmm. how to make a tush look good on a Tuesday. I saw some little like, yeah, some little turd wrote, this would be great if you didn't steal this information from somebody else. And I deleted it because I was like, you're just a turd. But I felt like writing back. No, I probably taught them that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you saw it somewhere else. I probably taught them that I'm very old. (laughs) Right. And that I've been around a long time. Like that person that said that is probably like 22. Right. You're like, like oh, no, no, no. I've been doing this longer than you've been out of school. So <laughs> I probably, yeah. Isn't it funny what people listen to? And you're like, where do you even get this information? Oh my gosh. Hilarious. But I'm having a lot of fun with the reels. I'm going to make one when we hang up actually, because I have an idea for one today. So I've never yeah. done one. I need to figure that out. Let me tell you, I, I know you want to go because it's been like an hour and it's, no, I talk too okay. much, but I have to I'm tell just... you if anybody out there is listening and is looking to increase their Instagram followers and interaction, you best be doing reels. I'm writing it down right now. Whenever I do something like that, I need to have it planned and I need to know what I'm doing. And it just doesn't really work that way. Right. Okay. So you're talking to the most unorganized, unplanned person ever. <laughs> what did we, okay. This podcast has officially come full, full circle. What did we like, say right in the beginning of the podcast? Right? The beginning of the podcast, we said, if you plan too hard, you're not yes. leaving room for organic things to happen. That's true. But what organic stuff do I have to show? I'll tell like, you. Hi, here's but, you my know, bag of lipstick. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> Yes, you do. Okay. So by the way, that there's one video on my reels of me and my kids dancing, mm-hmm. totally organic. Like I was filming and they were just trying to be obnoxious little idiots. So I put <laughs> it up. I was like, whatever, this is my life. Right. Yes. So what is organic? What are you feeling today? Like, what do you feel about? Maybe there's something inspirational from this conversation, or maybe you feel like, okay, I know what you can do a, a reel about. You can do a reel about, you know, how do you help your kids believe in themselves? And the mm. answer is, you model it for them. So do a reel based on that. That's something that really hit you today. So that's something that would probably hit your tribe also. You know, there are days where I wake up and I'm just like, I don't know, today I'll give a posing tip. Or I did one where like I showed my studio. You think you need to have a fancy studio? There's all these photographers out there that are showing their gorgeous studios. I have a 600 square foot hole in the wall studio. I'm going to show you and I'm going to say to you, you know, you can make magic anywhere. It doesn't have to be fancy. 20,000 house plants everywhere. What's up with that? Yeah. Yeah. Today's real. I don't know. I I don't either. It's Um, too much furniture, too much plants, too much, too much. We need to get back to, it's funny. I was just thinking about creating a course called like boudoir minimalism or something like something like, let's get back to like the girl. Remember the girl in the picture? Right. The focus. Yes. Right. It's so true. Yeah. I don't judge, but yeah, today's reel is going to be, I've decided it's going to be me and the camera and it's going to say something. I'm not, I haven't figured it out quite yet, but it'll be something like saying to a photographer, wow, great picture. You must have a great camera. Mm. It's like saying to a chef, you must have great pots. Right. Yeah. Cause I think that information needs to be out there. Yeah. Right. Yes, absolutely. Do people still say yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, maybe I've just trained my people not to ever say that to me because I not my clients, (laughs) not my clients, but like during the pandemic, when I went around like shooting people's kids and stuff like that, (gasps) photographing people's kids and I'd get a lot of like, oh my God, what camera do you have? And listen, I'm all about the gear. The gear is important. It's fine, you know, but you have to know how to use it. Right. Oh my gosh. Just flip it on auto. It's all good. 
No. Exactly. Keep, keep your <laughs> photographer. Oh, geez. Thank you so much for being here. I will have all of Jen's links, Instagram, all the things, as well as all the show notes for this episode and all of them at businessstraightup.com slash podcast. And as always, if you love this episode, can you head on over to iTunes and leave a review? I know it seems small and silly, but for us, it really helps us know, first of all, what you need help with. Second of all, it helps us get amazing guests like Jen so that we can talk about 27 different subjects because all of them are (laughs) amazing and important. And this is like my favorite type of episode. So head on over to iTunes, leave a review. Those reviews mean so much. And if you take a screenshot before you submit your review and email it to hello at businessstraightup.com, I have a free present for you. And the freebie changes all the time. So I'll just ask you what you want. So templates, all sorts of fun stuff. Thank you, Jen, for being here. And thank you everyone else for pressing play today. I hope that you either cried or laughed or learned or just felt like you were sitting with us because today's episode was amazing. Just a conversation about all the things we're looking at right now, the things we're facing, right? Thank you so much for having me, Brooke. You're amazing. Keep it up. Have an amazing rest of your day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to Business Straight Up. I'm so glad that you could join us today. Check out the show notes for this and all of the episodes at businessstraightuppodcast.com. And I can't wait to talk with you again. Have a great day.